Welcome to the Uncensored Show with your host, George Atchampal, where we share the mindset, tips, tools, strategies, and stories on how to use your money to do more of what you love and what you were called to do. Money is like gas on a road trip. Sure, you need it to get where you're going, but you're not going on a tour of gas stations. Money fuels your journey. The question is, what's yours? Live life uncensored. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Uncensored Podcast. And, you know, this is my first week back after being off for an entire week for my own podcast. That was so refreshing. Uh, Jacqueline killed it, crushed it by herself. So excited to be back this week. And this week we have a special guest uh, who's going to share with us a bunch of wonderful information. I just want to introduce her so we can dive right in. Welcome to the podcast, Ellie. Thank you all so much. I'm so excited to be here. It's definitely an honor and I can't wait to have a great discussion. Amazing. Awesome. We're so excited to have you. So you're actually going to be following our solo women's episode. So (laughs) the Friday before this, we dropped an episode speaking to just women about how to invest in yourself full circle. So that one was really exciting. So we're glad to have you as a follow-up, Ellie. So that was a good little preface, but can you tell us a little bit more about who is Ellie and what are you all about? Yes, absolutely. So Ellie, you know, I'm a mom, first and foremost. I am a business coach. I'm really passionate about teaching other women um, and the fellas too, you know, it's a whole business coach, but (laughs) I would definitely say I have a soft spot for teaching other women and moms, how they can um, start a business, how they can really fully embrace entrepreneurship um, and step out of the fear that sometimes holds a lot of us back and not just start a business, but really scale a business to success. I think that sometimes there's a lot of energy and a lot of push on starting and starting is great, but you have to also continue. You have to also finish, you know, a lot of the time people start and then they stop when it gets hard or when they feel discouraged. And so I like to coach the entire process. So not just the starting, but here's how you keep going. Here's what you do when you feel like you don't want to show up. Here's how you get some more money. Here's how you scale, you know? So that's what I'm all about. Love it. Love it. Love it. And where would you say your passion uh, for business planning, coaching, like where did that all come from in the first place? Yeah. You know, I spent a lot of time thinking about this question, you know, overnight. Um, And I always remember knowing that I wanted to be an entrepreneur. And I think I think it came from the fact that, you know, when I was young, um, I was raised by a single mom, very close with my dad. But, you know, I mean, they weren't together. So raised by my mom and she commuted to take me all the way to Pasadena and from South Central L.A. You know, I don't know if you guys are from here, but that's a big commute. Okay, so it was, you know, over 45 minutes every day to put me in this private school. And, you know, from a very young age, like eight, nine years old, I immediately saw the difference between how my friends at school were living and how we were living and how the quality of education was at my private school versus the quality of education in my neighborhood. And when I would talk to my friends about what their parents did, they all owned something or they were investors or they had their own companies. 
And it was immediately at that moment that I recognized, like, if I want to do anything in this world, I need to own something. Like, I have to own something. There isn't any other way that I'll be able to bridge this gap. There isn't any other way that I'll be able to change the circumstance of my community unless I own something. Um, So that's really when I knew I wanted to be an entrepreneur. But I didn't go to like a business school because I was afraid. Right. So I knew deep down I wanted to be an entrepreneur, but I went to a liberal arts college, which was great. I learned a lot. Um, And it wasn't until I actually got laid off from, you know, a six figure job that it hit me. It doesn't matter how smart I am. It doesn't matter how talented I am. It doesn't matter how much money I make. If I don't own something, if I'm not in control, it can all just be taken away, you know? So experiencing that loss is then what took entrepreneurship from being just like a passion I had in my heart to actually doing it right? To going from believing it and wanting it to then saying, okay, there's no more time to just keep this as a dream. I have to start and actually do something about this. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And I'm going to go ahead and take myself up on that offer that I mentioned before we got started. And something came to mind when you said that. So, you know, I always say the gift of the internet is that anybody can have a platform. And the curse of the internet is that anybody can have a platform, right? So you being in the coaching space, What is your advice for people who are seeking out a coach to make sure that they have somebody who actually knows what they're talking about, right? Because it's so easy. Like nowadays people can package up somebody else's information, put it in a course and who knows if you actually lived that life or about that life, right? Now, if you're like a personal trainer, it's a little easier, right? If if you're putting out that you could be a trainer, you take your shirt off and you got a six pack. Okay. Well, maybe you probably know what you're doing. But with coaching, it gets a little tricky on the internet. So I'm just curious, like, what's your perspective for the listener who wants to hire a coach? And is like, man, I just don't know, you know, if they're going. No, that's a really good point. I was just talking about this with a friend, like, don't believe everything that you see, right? Don't believe every single person who's claiming to be able to do something. And I think it's really important to ask them about their failures. I think you have to ask them what didn't work, right? You have to ask them how many times did you try and it didn't work out? You know, that is where you're going to know if someone actually knows what they're talking about. Like this is my third or fourth go round at starting a business. I have tried several different things. I tried to open a clothing line. I wanted to go ahead and open like a nail salon. I tried drop shipping. Like I've had so many LLCs. The secretary of state is probably like, what is wrong with this girl? You know, (laughs) so I tried so many times and what stopped them from working was my own like lack of self-confidence because I wasn't a finisher. I was a great starter, but I wasn't a finisher. So now having overcome that and continued it, I'm able to educate people on when you get to this point, here's how you don't quit the way that I used to, right? I think that a lot of the time people fall for the hype of what looks so good and how, like you said, so many people can just package up any information and sell it, but you'll only really know if that's the right coach for you, if they can walk you through how many times they failed and how they overcame those failures and how they're still here. Right. But if someone doesn't have any lessons that they've learned, what kind of lesson could they teach you? Yeah, Yeah. that's that's so, so real because I have an e-commerce brand as well. 
And like, there's so many, I think I was just voicing on Jacqueline the other day, like there's so many lessons that I've learned just like when trying to scale up, right? And it's like, that's the gems, right? Like anybody can tell you, oh, I made a shirt. Everybody bought my first design. (laughs) I sold out. Like, yeah, okay. Well, what about me? You know what I mean? So that's, that's real. So judge a person by their failures, not by their wins. Exactly. I think that that's huge to ask somebody about their failures because we're all entrepreneurs on this call. We've all failed at something. Mm -hmm. And I failed at something recently, which was spreading myself too thin. Mm -hmm. So it's the point of kind of like what you were saying earlier, Elliot, like you can do anything, but you just can't do everything. And so I know I get really weary, wary of like looking at different coaches and different entrepreneurs and people who sell this and sell that when they have like 17 different businesses. When they're right. like, oh, well, come to me and I can do your taxes and I can also cook you dinner and do your meal prep. <laughs> and by the way, like I have this grooming service. So if you want that too. And I'm yeah. like, wait, wait, wait. There's there's Which just no one? way that you mm-hmm. can be a specialist in all of these different areas. Exactly. So to the point of like, you can do anything, but not everything. I've had to narrow down like, okay, what do I actually have the capacity to do and what makes the most sense? And so anything that I do is in service to my clients. So if it doesn't make sense for my financial planning clients, then it just doesn't make sense for me to be spending my time on it. Yeah. So I th- and I really like that. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. No, no, no. I've, I, we're just totally on here uncensored. So that's the whole point is like, that's my most recent failure is like, okay, you're yeah. spreading yourself too thin. And yeah. just, just like understanding that it's a moving target. Like the journey is not linear, right? You might've figured out a piece of it and then you get into it again. Like, damn, like I thought I had it all figured out. And then you learn a little more and you learn a little more. And then, you know, you just, you just keep moving along and you hear these, yeah. you hear what you think are cliches like, oh, the genius thing that I did was not give up. But then when you actually go through it, it's like, oh no, that is the genius thing. Because it's like, there's so many times where you could have just said, man, this, I'm done. Like this is yeah. too much and want to quit. And you just keep going. And that's, you just keep going. And that's, that's the, that's the genius. So no, I, I think that's a brilliant perspective is that to ask them about their failures, because it's almost like if you're driving down a road and there's potholes, right? You want to talk to the person who's like, yo, when you get up about a half a block, there's going to be a pothole right here. Right. <laughs> a little bit, you know what I'm saying? You don't want the person so oh, smooth sailing. Like, no, you want the person to help you avoid that flat tire. So No, that's so true. And I like what you were saying too, Jacqueline, about like, you know, the people who are doing all these different things. And you're like, well, wait a minute, which one are you actually specialized in? And that's often what, when people, you know, um, book me for a call or any of my um, coaching clients, they want to do everything. They're like, yes. I want to, I want to sell lashes. I want to sell hair, but then I also want to open a nonprofit, but then I also want to do speaking engagements. I'm like, wait, wait, wait. Yeah. Right. Cause I was that, right. I was you, I wanted to do it all. And that's why I had 50,000 different LLCs at the same time. Right. But I often tell them you need to literally narrow it down and start with one thing. People want to be the jack of all trades in this internet age. And while you can be, but you cannot start with all of them at the same time, you have to choose one and become known for one thing, right? You have to build a platform, build an audience and build consistency in one thing. Otherwise, you will fail at all of those things if you cannot successfully execute one thing. So I tell them to instead of wanting to do all of those Narrow it down to the top three that you care about the most 
And then from there, narrow it down to the top one that you could do the easiest, right? So I often call it like, which is the business for you that has the path of least resistance? Not necessarily easy as in it's not going to challenge you, but what comes the most natural to you, right? So if that's doing hair, that's the path of least resistance. If that is being online and offering social media services, that's the path of least resistance. Become very good at that. Make your money in that. And then you can always start an e-commerce brand. You can always then open up, you know, a a drop shipping hair business because you've already made some money doing this, right? So I'm also a life insurance broker and I have been for like five years. But on my page, you know, with my business coaching platform, I don't really talk about it as much because I'm still in my perfect one craft phase, right? I want to just only draw people in for business coaching. Then I could, you know, maybe next year expand into another arena. It doesn't mean it's not something I'm passionate about, Mm -hmm. but I want to ensure that people don't think I'm over here trying to teach 511,000 things plus a cooking class, right? You want to make sure that you stay in your one lane and then you can always expand to other lanes. You know, a lot of people are looking for alternate ways to make additional income, whether that's so that they can pay off their debt so that they can, you know, travel more or so that they can you know, save and invest more. They're just looking for ways to make more money. And sometimes, you know, getting another job isn't the answer. Maybe sometimes your business is you know, doing exactly what it can do right now, but you're just looking for that ideal way to make some significant extra income. And so I've tried out a lot of different things. And over the years, I've figured out some things that have worked really, really well. And I wanted to make sure that you guys had access to those resources. So I put together what I call the Side Hustle Bootcamp. And in this bootcamp, I'm going to show you four tried and true ways. One that I absolutely love um, that will show you how to put more money in your pocket. I'm talking not hundreds, but thousands upon thousands of dollars that you can use Um, to benefit you, right? Whether whatever the goal is, whether you want to travel more, whether you want to put some more money in the bank, whether you want to invest more, save more, um, do something nice for your kids or for your significant other, the Side Hustle Bootcamp is going to show you how to do that. So if you haven't already, click the link in the show notes, check it out. I'm telling you, you do not want to miss out on this opportunity. This information can, can completely transform your financial situation. So check it out. I'll see you on the inside. I've made it extremely affordable so that there's no excuse and no barrier to entry. See you soon. Yeah, I think that that's huge because what I tell people is the same thing, right? So narrow it down. So for your example, you were like, okay, if you're really good at hair, like do hair, figure out how to master that and then figure out what makes sense for you to branch off and get other streams of income from doing hair. Don't jump over here and decide you're going to do e-commerce when you have a really strong brand doing hair, when you could just do the drop shipping of the hair products, right? Yep. Sell some brushes. Yeah. Yeah. Sell some other products in your store. Like something that makes sense from that. You you feel us, George? hundred percent vertical integration. I'm I'm, I'm a great example of that. Right. So I became a financial advisor in 2011 and for seven years, I did nothing else but be a financial advisor. That's it. Yeah. Then I was like, okay. Um, how can I spread awareness around what I'm talking about? And I was like, hey, why don't I 
create an e-commerce brand that hits mm-hmm. black wealth. Oh, okay. Now I'm really understanding who I want to super serve as clients, but that's going to exclude potentially a lot of other people. So I was like, how can I still serve uh, other people? And then let me create a financial social network or a community. And so they're all in alignment. And then I'm yeah. not like, I'm not known for something crazy that doesn't make sense, right? It's like, you're going to know me for something related to the finance industry, right? We have a podcast. Where we talk about money and entrepreneurship, Right. And so that's the key. I think the first key is picking one thing and doing it for a long time because people will see you do all those things and they're like, oh, mogul status, let's do it. Yeah. Not realizing that LeBron James has ownership in all these other companies because he was the best basketball player. Right. right. Not realizing that Jay Z is able to sit, have title and a partnership with Square and all this because he was the best rapper. Right. So it's getting really good at one thing, being known for that. And then from there, you can start to branch out. And then to your point, Ellie, being strategic about what you talk about. So there's other businesses that I own or have ownership stake in that people will never know. Right. (laughs) I don't have to talk about everything. You know what I'm saying? In the internet age, everybody wants to, I'm doing this, I'm doing that. And sometimes you got to keep your moves quiet because you're going to taint and dilute your brand just because you want to flex. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, right. So drop a little cash bomb. Yeah. yeah, You already know. Gotta drop the cash. Hopefully I (laughs) Um, I picked the right one because, you know, basically (laughs) it's what I call your your elevator pitch. Like for us to give Ellie's preview, we're like, hey, this is Ellie. She's a business coach. She does that really well. Hey, Mm -hmm. this is George. He's a financial planner. He's really good at that. So it's like, that's what you want people to to think of. That's your main thing. Like, what are you known for? That's your quick snippet. Because how (laughs) however life works, think about even like think about Shark Tank and think about the Sharks. Mark Cuban, we know Mark Cuban. We introduce him as, okay either owner of the Dallas Mavericks or a big tech entrepreneur. We don't say, oh, yeah, but he also owns shares of Beatbox and that's a drink brand. Like we don't say all of that. Like we know him for one or two things. And so that's how we introduce him. So I think that that's huge. But this path to entrepreneurship, we've said it's really, really difficult. And there's a lot of lessons that are learned along the way. So for you, you said that pushing through failure was like a huge lesson that you learned. Can you give us one other lesson that you learned that's been really, really monumental in your career? Um, I would also definitely say pushing past fear. So, you know, people don't believe me, but I was so afraid of Instagram. I would Girl, me too. Girl, I would not post for anything. Oh my God. And then thinking about going live. No, it would straight send me to my room. Like, no, I'm not going live on Instagram. What are you talking about? Exactly. So afraid, so afraid because, you know, what really, what I was really afraid of was I was afraid that it wouldn't catch on. I was afraid that it wouldn't be successful. I was afraid that if I put myself or my content or my thoughts or my advice out there that nobody would like, nobody would follow. Nobody would find it valuable and I would just, you know, fail at yet another business. Right. Um, Oh, the fear, you guys, the fear, the fear, the fear. So when people come to me and they say how they're so fearful, you know, I tell them you should be scared. But instead of harnessing that energy and then stopping, you need to harness that energy and go 10 times harder. So now I'm still afraid, right? There are so many things I'm still afraid of. Coming on this podcast was scary to me, right? Doing my YouTube channel that I've just launched was very scary to me. But how I started to think about it is rather than being scared of what will happen if I do do it, I think about being scared of what happens if I don't. 
right? What am I missing out on if I don't start this YouTube channel? What am I potentially missing out on if I don't post today on Instagram? What am I missing out on if I don't collaborate with people, you know? And I think as a people who want to start businesses and as entrepreneurs as a whole, we have to be more afraid of regret than of actually failure, right? Because what scares me is looking up a year or two from now and being in the same place. That's extremely scary. And I've had to make that scarier than what could potentially happen if I try it and it doesn't work. Because at least if you try and you don't work and it doesn't work, you have a lesson. But if you never start at all, you're just stuck. You're, you've plateaued. Mm-hmm. That's not good. I think one of the biggest things that you'll notice, like watching people on Instagram that are in the same field that you want to be in. I just take Instagram. We can take YouTube, social media, just people Mm -hmm. who are doing it. The difference is like they just did it and they stuck to it. So even for me, like when I started in the financial planning industry almost eight years ago, the big names were and they still are Susie Orman, Dave Ramsey. Right. If you're in finance, you've looked in personal finance, you've probably heard their names before. Yeah. And I just remember watching them on TV and just thinking like, OK, Susie's shared her story. Like, what does Susie have that I don't aside from being way older and this is uncensored, so white. So I was like, what does yeah. she have that I don't have? What puts her on TV that couldn't put me on TV eventually? So I was like, you know what? I'm just going to figure out how to be a badass financial planner and be really good at financial planning <laughs> and then <laughs> and then be able to take that to the next level. So I think that it's huge for you to just figure out how to get over that first fear, right? And then if there is somebody who's doing what you want to do, I mean, figure out how they did it. Exactly. (laughs) Study, 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 study. Like, I don't see anyone as competition. If anyone's just, if anything, it's just inspiration. And you look at, okay, also it's market research, right? So a lot of people are afraid because of the fact that other people are doing what they want to do. And then they look at all the engagement they have, all the success. And they're like, oh, I could never. But no, you need to be reading the comments. You need to be conducting market research because what are, in my case, other business coaches not doing that I can ensure I fill in the gap on, right? What are people needing from a business coach that's not currently being provided? And then you fill the gap there. Yeah. You know, uh, oh, wait, wait, wait. Drop a cash tag for that. Hold on. Hey. And, you know, um, to go back to one of your previous points, why it's so important to like be strategic about what you put out to the marketplace, because you got to remember, we're not just meeting people in person where we can just shake their hand and tell them what we want to tell them about ourselves when they see it. Right. And we always hear that first impressions are the most important thing. But when you're online and someone has no context to who you are, whatever they first come across, that's their impression. And so if they come across something because that one day you just were sharing whatever you wanted to share. They're not going to know what you want to be known for. And so it's not that people are trying to stifle your, we're telling you to stifle your dreams or like to condense your vision. You got to think about it like the internet, you're now meeting people on the internet, right? The internet is literally an extension of who you are. And if people are confused, they're going to do nothing, right? That's the reason why sales funnels came about because they're on your pretty website and it's like they're scrolling, oh, but about me, um, who we are like all this other stuff on the top and they're clicking away and nobody converts. Yeah. Right? That's why sales funnels became about because it's like you can't control the conversation when someone comes across you online. And so how can you be clear about who you are and what it is you do? You know what I mean? And so yeah. I just wanted to like share that because that's why it's so important. It is. Well, for 
Yeah, for example, I get asked a lot in the financial planning industry because George and I, by way of financial planners, are leading the way in marketing for other financial planners. So I have a whole series that I do with investment news. But the re- the thing that they ask me, they're like, okay, so like, why are you like doing what you do? Like, how does this make sense for your clients and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, look, I have a way higher close ratio than most financial planners because yeah. people who come to me, they know that they're ready to talk because they've they've gotten to know me on the internet. So mm-hmm. I literally had a consultation today with a woman who's like, yeah, I just love your energy on Instagram. And that's why I decided to book with you. And she, you know, just came into a large sum of money. So it's like, and she's like, yeah, I'm pretty much ready. So it's like, okay, the internet allows me to share myself and my services, what I offer, what I'm known for. And it just makes closing clients so much easier. I don't have to sit here and explain who I am and what my philosophy is. You've already been able to figure that out. Mm -hmm. So the internet, in a sense, works in the same way that referrals do. Because if somebody refers you a client, that's a word of mouth transaction. And that's because it's coming from a trusted source, right? So if people feel like they're able to trust you from your social media, then it's like, wow, there's a referral or a hundred or a thousand, depending on how many people you're reaching. Yeah. 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 So to kind of um, transition into our next question, um, obviously, you know, being an entrepreneur is great. Uh, We talked about marketing, using the internet. Um, all the wonderful things that come with business, but we all we all know that it comes with a lot, right? Like to be an entrepreneur, we see the glamour and the glitz of the revenue screenshots and the collaborations and the IG lives, and that's all great, but there's so much background work from a business standpoint. In addition to that, we're yeah. still having to live our lives, right? So tell us a little bit about what it's like to balance being a mother um, and building a business and, and just you know showing up for the other people in your life that you care about. Yes, you guys, that is definitely, that is definitely a challenge. And, you know, it's interesting because um, I was married for seven years and I got a divorce last year, actually right before the pandemic. Um, Also, right after I had been laid off from that six figure job I told you guys about. And, you know, it's interesting that that is what pushed me into entrepreneurship. I always tell people that you know, I feel like I lost one sense of my identity. And in order to feel whole, I gained another identity, which was being an entrepreneur, you know, so it almost took one side of me, you know, dying, right, or not existing in order for this side of me to come about. Um, And the balance The balance is a challenge, but what makes the challenge easier is understanding the why, right? So I think that entrepreneurship is glamorized, but you will not succeed if you don't have a strong why. If you don't have a strong reason to put yourself through what it takes to show up every single day in your business, you know, and so for me, my why is my children. It is being able to leave something to them. It is ensuring that the same way I was laid off from that job could never happen again, right? Nobody can ever fire me from my own company because it's mine. So that why helps me when I am pulling all nighters, making sure that, you know, emails are answered, courses are completed, you know, DMs are answered, content is loaded up, is scheduled. Um, helps me to make it worth it, you know? So I think that in order to achieve the balance and in order to be energized when you will be giving 200% of yourself, 
you have to really sit and write down and discover, you know, your why. And in addition to that, right? So now I'm a single mom for the time being. If you, you need to assess your support system, right? So if you do have a partner or if you don't have a partner, if you have family or maybe you don't have family, you need to see who is going to assist you in achieving this goal. And if you don't have anyone to assist you, then you need to even go deeper on your why and make sure that you got you, you know, make sure that you are going to be the one who pulls you through those days where you are so tired, you only got three hours of sleep, but always go back to, but this is what I'm doing it for. So it makes sense for sure. So yeah. who's your support system now? So I would say, you know, first things first, like I have amazing parents. I'm so, so grateful. So after, you know, the divorce, I moved back home, back to LA where I am now. So I have my mom out here. I have family. Um, you know, I have really great friends and by communicating with them, And making sure that they know what my dream is and just saying, this is going to be hard. I'm going to be out. I'm going to be up late. I'm going to need you to help me change diapers. I'm going to need you to take them to school. But here's the long term goal. Right. So you have to make sure that if you do have a support system or if you can craft a support system that you bring them in on the vision. Right. Let them know what you're doing this for. You have to sometimes speak it aloud. This is how you will further believe in the why. And this is how they will further believe in the why. Right. And it might only be one person because the thing is, sometimes when you decide to take this path to owning a business and entrepreneurship, not everybody's going to understand and not everybody's going to want to really help you to do it. And that's just facts. Right. So it might only be one other person that can assist you, but you want to make sure that you bring them in on the why. Um, And so now my support system is, you know, bigger. I've been able to hire almost like a full-time babysitter who we absolutely love. So she's also, you know, a part of the team now in making this whole thing, you know, really happened. Um, this whole legacy creation happened. Dope, dope, dope. No, thank you for sharing that. And it sounds like vulnerability, right, is the key to is the key to velocity, right? It's like if you're willing to be transparent mm-hmm. about where you are, the needs that you have, the support that you need, you can really go a lot further. Like so, recently within the past few months, uh, Jacqueline and I actually have been in the process. We haven't really told the full story yet. Um, but we're, we were in the process of combining uh, some of the things that we're doing and collaborating and, and partnering. And in that process, you know, I, I had to be very transparent. I was like, man, I've gotten this thing to a certain point. I know that you are going to be doing great things yourself or already have been doing great things. But for us to get to the next level for where I want to get and where I can assume where you want to get, it's going to take uh, more collaboration. It's going to take partnership. And, um, yeah. you know, I, I had to come to the table, right? Being vulnerable, sharing that so that, you know, we could actually, you know, be set up to win versus me exactly. have it all together, have it all figured out. I can do it all. I'm Superman. And, um, you know, it's carrying this hidden burden behind the scenes. So it's very important to be vulnerable about where you are so that you can get the right support that you need uh, to, to build your vision. What's going on, guys? George Atchampong here, founder of Pocket Advisor, the number one financial social network where we do money together. If you've been looking for a community of like-minded, aspiring first-generation millionaires who are marching towards financial freedom, then look no further. Pocket Advisor is here. Pocket Advisor is a financial social network where it's led by a variety of experts, right? We're talking about tax experts, certified financial planners, personal finance, you name it, we got it. 
and we are your money mentors, right? So if you've ever had a financial goal, um, milestones that you wanted to achieve, Pocket Advisor is the community that's going to help you achieve that. We have monthly challenges, right, to make this process more fun. You're going to get ongoing accountability. There's going to be classes, workshops. I mean, everything you can think of to make sure that you can achieve your financial goals. Right. And the best part about it is there's a feature called Axe Penny. Right. Got to love it. And that is your financial advisor in your pocket. So if you ever have a question, right, there's something ever that's on your mind. You're like, you know what? I really want a sounding board from someone who knows what they're talking about. I don't want to have to go to Google and decipher between the, um, you know, millions of search results. I want to know that someone can give me some sound insight on a specific financial decision. And that's what you get a chance to do via Pocket Advisor. So if you want to learn more, click the link in the show notes and sign up today. Right. Like there's just a it's a great community of people. You're going to have exactly what you need to achieve your goals. And we can't wait to have you. Yeah, I think that more people, more business owners, more new entrepreneurs need to look at other people, not only as like a stepping stone or a goal of where they want to go, which direction they want to head in, but also by way of collaboration. Mm-hmm. I think so much as young entrepreneurs and people, we just think that we need to like go everything alone or we see somebody yeah, out there like-, like we're on an island or we think we're on an island. Exactly. So I could have easily looked at Ellie and been like, oh my gosh, like she's killing it. Why can't I kill it? Like But instead, I was like, well, how can I highlight Ellie's business? Like, how can I learn more about how she's doing what she's doing? Like, how can I support her? So I said, George, like, let's have her on the podcast. Like, let's help highlight what she's doing because it makes more sense for us to collaborate than it does for us to just sit around and try to see each other, right? Each other or just act like we don't see each other. Yeah. (laughs) So I just, by the way, what's that? (laughs) Which is super corny, by the way, when people act like, like, you see me, like, come on. You're right. You know what I'm out here doing. Let's let's keep, let's keep it up. Yeah, that's true. And that just made something else come to my mind as well. I think that another challenge with being an entrepreneur and having your own business um, is probably, it's really probably three things. And that's consistency, um, accountability, and discipline, right? So when you have a job, it's very easy to do the right thing because what's the consequence? You'll be fired, right? You'll lose that source of income. But when you when you are your own boss, right? Sometimes that consequence is not there. You just go lay down, right? You go watch TV, you go eat some ice cream. I mean, you know, you just don't do the work. Because who's going to who's going to, you know, punish you, right? What's the consequence? Not really mm-hmm. you. And so that that discipline is what we have to cultivate. Like that being obedient to self, being obedient to your routine, no matter what. I think that is sometimes the hardest thing and why businesses don't make it past the six month or year mark is because people, you know, get tired of obeying themselves, essentially. Um, And I know something that has really helped me to counter that is, again, to have that strong why, but to to make lists. Right. So to list out what needs to be accomplished today in order to make sure that X goal or whatever it is, is accomplished tomorrow or next week. You know, we have to give ourselves, I want to say, bite sized chunks of tasks 
to complete and make sure that they're completed because we can't get to the next thing unless we complete those tasks. And it really does take a consistent routine. You know, this is something that I tell um, my clients all the time. It's like, you can book me for as many calls as you want, but I cannot be there with you. I am not your boss, right? I don't want to be your boss. I am here to help you navigate. I am here to help you craft your routine, but you have to put the responsibility on you, right? I almost don't want people to keep booking me over and over again, because then that lets me know that they're lacking the ability to be their own self-check, you know? I think that is so important for aspiring and current entrepreneurs is to learn how to obey yourself. Yeah. And I think something that made it a lot easier for me, which I felt like was so corny, right? I thought that Um, When people are like, oh, make sure that you book on your calendar like these time slots to do these certain activities. Like I always thought that was so corny. I was like, no, I have a task management tool like I'll use that. But as I've grown and I have more responsibilities um, and more goals, more things that I want to achieve, I'm like, uh, no, in order for me to do all of this, I have to be very disciplined with my schedule. So I live by my calendar, like even free time, fun time, like (laughs) dinner with friends. It goes on the calendar because I'm like, no, all of my time is important. So none of my time is free. So literally I have a box for everything, even if it's a relaxed box, like, okay, I'm taking time from five to seven tonight to just chill out and do nothing because you have to have those revitalization periods. I'm like, okay, that's what this is. So I make sure that my calendar is set up all the time. Like every week I go in, I'm like, okay, this is going to be this block for this time to get these things done. Cause you were speaking to it earlier. You're like, yeah, I may need to be up at 12 or one o'clock in the morning to get stuff done. And yeah, sometimes that happens, but my schedule flows so much easier and I'm so much more productive using my scheduling system like this Yeah, and setting deadlines. Cause you, you can create a whole list of things that you want to do, right? You're like, I want to put out this course and I want to write this article and I want to do this guide and oh, I want to do this video, but it's like, okay, who's holding you accountable? Cause your job gives you a deadline when you need to turn things in. So yeah. literally today during my lunch break, I just went and put timelines for the things that I want to do. And I put them on my calendar and I'm like, this is the due date. So I like that. You got to at least hold yourself. Yeah. You've got to at least hold yourself accountable because it's the same thing for us in financial planning. We want to help you make more money, but you've got to have a certain discipline on your own. And it's the same thing. You have unlimited email, phone call, meeting access to me, but I can't be there with you when you swipe on Amazon 15 (laughs) times a day. You know, I can try my best, but there's a certain amount of discipline that you have to put in in order for it to make sense. Yeah. Like, the best thing we can do is send you that notification on Pocket Advisor. Shout out Pocket Advisor. <laughs> Shout out Pocket <laughs> Advisor. Financial Social Network. I mean, it's a pretty cool place I heard. I don't know. Um, yes. But, um, but anywho, so, you know, we talked a lot about the ups, the downs, the pros, the cons, all the great things as it relates to, to business. And, you know, as we kind of zoom out and we think about all the lessons that you, you, you think about all the lessons that you've learned over the years, um, if someone was starting today and they were like, man, I'm ready to get this business off the ground. And I know you have so many gems that you could share with them, but like, what's, if you could only give them one, what is the one thing you would tell someone if they were starting today that you would absolutely want to make sure that they knew um, before they got into entrepreneurship? What? One bar, one gem. One, that's really hard. It's hard. Okay, so one gem, and they're like, I want to start the business. 
They're like, hey, I'm leaving my W-2. I can't stand them anymore. I've got to be an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. Ooh, let's see. One thing I would, I would tell them, I would tell them this, I would tell them not to have a plan B. So I would tell them to only, only focus on what they just told me, right? The one thing that they want to do, I would tell them don't ever even give a thought to anything else until you see that all the way through. Because people tend to already be thinking of a backup plan before they even executed the first plan. And you're giving, whether you know it or not, half of your energy to the backup plan and taking that away from the energy you should give to the plan A and seeing that all the way through. Thus, your plan A doesn't work out. And so you end up going to the backup plan. So I would tell them, you know, like you have to just stay dedicated. You have to only think of the one thing that you just told me you're leaving your job to do. Don't think of anything else. Put everything, your whole energy, your whole day, your whole existence into that one thing until the wheels fall off. That's what no. I'm talking about. Nah, I love that. That's a good point because that's exactly, well, that's basically where I was going to go. I would have just said like exactly what you said, get clear on your goals. Like what is it that you want to do? And just focus on that full fledged because like you were talking earlier, like people want to do this and do that and do this. And it's like, no, you're spreading yourself too thin. So like, what do you want to do? Just focus on that plan A. Don't have a plan B. That's a much more eloquent way to put it than I would have said. So thank you for that. Like here's here's how I think about it, right? It's almost like if you were, at, it's probably not eloquent, but if you're at a wall, right, and you imagine yourself just like hitting the wall, right, you would never be able to break through that wall if you just kept picking different spots on the wall, right? You gotta keep punching the same the spot. same right? spot. Prison break that wall. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> you on prison? Yo, that was like that was like my favorite show of all time. Well, not of all time, but it's top five. Prison all right, break. top five. Prison break was amazing, but yeah, you gotta you gotta hit that same spot. Um, now you got me reminiscing on Prison Break. That was my show. You've um, been reminiscing on Ozark, though. Ozark is it's coming back, right? Yeah. So you know, I've not gotten into that show yet, but I've heard really good things. Okay, so the only reason I really started watching it years ago is because Jason Bateman's a financial advisor. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's why. And that's but how he got caught show. up with them, right? Yeah, money, like money laundering and all that. Of course, people ask, "Is it really like that?" Like whenever it's like a financial show, like Billions, which I love, I do love Billions. People always ask you, like, is it like like that? Or like, is it like that? <laughs> <laughs> not really, uh, not really. But there there are some things. But um, as we as we kind of wrap up here, uh, I know we had we narrowed down your advice to that one thing. The good news is, in real life, right? Um, we probably have much more gems that you could share with people. So tell us a little bit about. Um, the process to work with you and like, what is it exactly that you offer? So that if we have listeners who are like, you know what, I want to start this business, you know, I want to start start this business business. or I want to improve or get over the hump of this business. Tell us a little bit about exactly what you do and how people can tap in. Absolutely. Well, as I mentioned at the very beginning, I really like to consider myself, you know, uh, a whole business coach. So I really enjoy helping clients who are at the very beginning, right? Who know that they want to start a business, but they're not sure how to narrow. They're not sure what direction to go in. They don't know if it's the time for them to get an LLC. They don't know those foundational aspects. I really enjoy helping people get off the ground, right? Then when they're off the ground, I enjoy helping them and I'm specialized in helping them to actually make money. So how are you going to monetize this idea, right? How are you, are you going to do it on the internet? Is this going to be serving people face-to-face? 
Are you going to be marketing locally? Are you going to go ahead and use Instagram? Um, and then scaling, I more so specialize in helping people scale online. Um, that's what I most enjoy coaching. As I develop my own brick and mortar businesses, then I would want to serve people in the brick and mortar space. But I'm really all about being authentic. And just because I have knowledge on something, I personally don't want to um, you know, coach a truck driving business or coach someone who wants to open up a nail salon or a hair salon until I myself have executed something similar, right? I have executed starting several businesses, starting online businesses and, you know, generating multi six figures online. So I want to coach people in that pocket, you know? So anyone who's listening, who knows they want to start a business, doesn't really know what direction, knows that they want to use Instagram or create some kind of digital or online product um, or set up something online, like I'm, I'm the girl for you. Amazing. Love it. Love it. Yes. Well, Jack, very good. Close us out. Well, very good. We're we're so excited to have you today. This was such a treat. You dropped some really good gems for our people. So the last question that we want to ask is, what does living life uncensored mean to Ellie? What? Living life uncensored. Hmm. I think living life uncensored just to me, it means, you know, unapologetically going after your goals, you know, just like I mentioned, not having a plan B, putting your all into it um, really until you see it through and going for it. Right. I think so many of the time, so much of the time people get comfortable with where they are and they never think that they can accomplish something greater. But, you know, be uncensored, recognize that you really have something more to offer to this world than just what you're doing right now. Like you are so multidimensional that you should show, bring all of those dimensions into the life that you want to create for yourself. So that's what being uncensored means to me is just living to the fullest, unapologetically and with no fear. Mm-hmm. It's that unapologetic part for me. Yes. <laughs> you can't justify everything that you do, especially not on the internet. You especially just can't. Especially not. Like, there's, you know, people are always going to have something to say, whether it's in support of you or whether it's not in support there. You have no control. So you might as well just live. Right. It doesn't mean you're go be a criminal. We're not saying that, but live your life, fulfill and do what makes you happy, what makes you feel complete and go after your goals. And whether they talk good or they talk bad is still marketing. It's still attention. And on that, thank you so much, Ellie, for tapping in with us. Um, Guys, thanks so much for listening to another episode of The Uncensored Show. Until next time, peace. Thank you for tuning in to an episode of The Uncensored Show. Take at least one thing you heard today and apply it to your life immediately so that you can become one step closer to living a more meaningful and fulfilling life and aligning your resources to what matters most to you. Remember, money is just a resource to fuel your journey. The question is, what's yours?